Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Untuck It. Think your shirt is too long to wear untucked? It probably is. Untuck It has solved this, making shirts designed to be worn untucked. Visit untuckit.com and use code WBBR for 15% off to improve your wardrobe. Shares in developing nations are on the brink of a bull market as oil rises and favorable shifts in central bank policies supported riskier assets, bonds extending this week's gain. U.S. stock index futures higher. S&P E-mini futures up six points this morning. Dow E-mini futures up 51 and NASDAQ E-mini futures up 11. The DAX in Germany is up four-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up six thirty seconds. The yield 1.87 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.8 percent or 72 cents to $40.92 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 8 Tenths percent or ten dollars to twelve fifty five ten an ounce. The euro a dollar twelve seventy eight. The yen one eleven point four four. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. What is James Sweeney of Credit Suisse? Mike, it now has its own Wikipedia page, which I think is pretty cool. And if you want to get a date on the phrase ring fence, you sort of within the jargon of it go back to nineteen ninety seven. In Enron regulatory chat and yeah, it's just sort of this thing. Neil Sass of Credit Suisse codified the phrase, as far as I'm concerned, around August of 2007, where we we, we needed to ring fence our financial crisis. James Sweeney's with us, working with Doctor Sass every day at Credit Suisse. What are we ring fencing right now? Nominal GDP. Um. I think we are ring-fencing the bond market. I, I think like that. We've heard I, that this week. Yeah, we are keeping yields low. And, you know, you could go back in time to the post-war period when yields were very low when World War II ended, and they rose very slowly for the next two or three decades. And, um, you know, I, I don't know whether we have the same world, and that is possible. But it appears that the central banks are going to do what it takes to keep uh, risk premia low, uh, duration uh, low, long-term yields low for a variety of reasons. Um, they say it's to keep inflation near 2%. The trouble is that in the U.S. case, uh, core inflation is drifting up above 2%. 2. 2.3, Michael. So there's a conflict. How long can we keep this uh, uncoordinated, coordinated action going? Well, that obviously depends on inflation. I, I think that we will see the labor market continue to tighten in the U.S. I think we're seeing wages at the low end of the of the scale start to rise, low end of the income distribution, which is which is helpful. Um, but financial markets, I think the outlook for returns in, in a lot of asset classes is really not great right now on a medium-term perspective. And fragilities in markets around the world, given uh, given especially concerns about China, are high. So there's there's that the tension is is large. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna keep it this way as long as they can. There's no chance that we get any kind of non-monetary help for the global economy. No, and the the reason um, the the reason simply printing money and handing it out to people who would spend it immediately um, is not likely to happen anytime soon 
is is because the costs of such a policy are very high relative to the benefits of getting inflation somewhat higher, um, especially in places where really um, unemployment is low. Uh, in the U.S., unemployment is low. In Japan, it's low. In Europe, it's high but but falling. Uh, we don't really have economies in collapse. We just have low productivity and income distribution concerns, and that makes us unhappy and, and full of angst. But I'm not sure central banks can actually set productivity or make people feel good when, when their wages aren't going up while other people's are. How do we break out of this? Uh, well, it probably requires fiscal measures or it requires some changes in the world. I, I'm, I'm optimistic over the long term that we will have uh, some more productivity. There will be new waves of, of technology. I think we have ha- had actually a lot of technology in the past 10 or 15 years. It's just it's not the type that really uh, drives GDP immediately. Yeah, but, sharp, but sharp isn't layout. our history when we have a jump condition in technology, let's think railroads, that we go through a decade or two of failures before it coalesces into real value, productivity, and growth. And maybe all the mumbo-jumbo starting about 1995 is a couple decades. And do you have any optimism that 5, 10, 20 years out, it coalesces into legitimate mourning in America? I do. I do. I, I think the, the uh, antidote to reading a lot of Robert Gordon is reading a lot of Ray Kurzweil. And and yeah. and thinking about um, yeah, how like the world that. is is changing on on the ground and what smart machines are going to do for yeah. us. I mean, they might not solve our distribution problems, right? But they sure are going to give us a lot of productivity. And, and, that, and Mike, that goes to Bryn Jolson and McAfee and their wonderful book of uh, of a year ago. Mike, I think it is. You know, we do this with Elarian when we talk about the Jets when they go under five hundred. Is it too rude? To mention how short Florida State's season was in basketball, um, I mean, is it too rude? No, we did it. We just did it with Rachel. And I, Rachel I looked at my bracket; they weren't there, so they were in that other tournament. Yeah, and then they weren't there. What happened, James? My NIT, St- my NIT bracket is not doing so well. <laughs> I admit it. Um, kind of an NIT bracket nerd, but uh, they're a young team. I think they've got good recruits coming in next year. They've got good freshmen this year. Don't don't you worry. North Carolina and Duke and Syracuse and the, and the is, ACC is, next year. Okay, uh, but seriously, Florida State basketball is that like Duke football? Um, I mean, I mean, you guys are so dominant with Duke football. football's been all right in the last uh, three or four years. Yeah, they, and, and, they don't. Yeah, it, but it's definitely overshadowed by okay. another team on campus. We've gotten through the twenty-four first twenty-four minutes of this hour without me mentioning the total eclipse. What was that song? Total eclipse of the sun. <laughs> the total eclipse of my bracket. Last yeah, night. we don't even want to mention that was not a good day yesterday for a lot of people. I am so including the people in this room. Uh, yeah. You know, it is going to be the first day of spring That's on it. Sunday, and it is the earliest spring since 1896. It all no. has to do with the vernal equinox. We'll talk about school no, and such things a good you should band. have learned later in the program. Vernal equinox, they were so damn good. <laughs> they had a song in Watership <laughs> Down. Remember them in the 60s. <laughs> they were so, no, they were like early 70s. They were so, they were in Watership Down. It's Friday, it we're totally out of control here. Yeah, uh, what uh, passes for it? Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. 725 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. This month, your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers welcome spring with limited-time offers on select models like the Sporty CLA and Versatile GLA. Each engineered and priced to move. Visit MBUSA.com today. <laughs> 